Here's a Lotus Skin Nonsense podcast, and it's the 29th of September 2021. The time is 2019, and it is Wednesday. Now, today we are going to once again uh, visit a book about dreams and how we can decipher our dreams into reality. How can we get our emotions to actually act as the catalyst uh, to our driving force so that we actually need to become more aware of who we truly are as humans. Because that is important when we especially try to find a life partner, but also simply just moving through life and interacting with other humans. We need to be aware of the fact that, of course, there are a lot of different kinds of personality types, and we need to use clarity in our own life so that we accept ourselves for who we truly are as humans, so that we can make other people feel comfortable around us. We need to be honest about ourselves so that we can be honest when other people are talking to us, so that they can feel our honesty. And what I mean by that is that when you are an honest person, when you are a sincere person, you go through life much, much easier than a person who are the complete opposite. A person that perhaps is hiding their own personality for themselves and not really allowing it to come through. And of course, you can see it in a lot of uh, teenagers where they are trying to find who they are as humans. But in the meanwhile, they also try to cover up who they really are. So it's a bit of a counterintuitive thing that they are doing. And the reason why is, of course, they are afraid of being rejected by other human beings. They are afraid of the stigma that it is if another person doesn't like us. So when persons or people do not like us, we feel alone and afraid and uh, we feel outside. So <clears throat> in order for us to not feel outside and to become more aware of who we truly are as humans, I believe that meditation is of the utmost importance. Because through meditation, you get to know your inner core, who you truly are as human, and then you can work from the inside out. And when you do this a lot of times, and when you, of course, also say no to garbage from the garbage can, as I've been explaining many times, and I can only define my own garbage can, it is uh, violent video games, violent movies. Movies who portray people's bad behaviors or something that you can allow yourself to be entertained by. Also the social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and the uh, news that constantly tells you what to fear and tells the solutions to your fears. This is part of the garbage can, and in when you eat of it a lot of times, you are going to be sick emotionally. That is what it is there for. So in order for you to get in contact with who you truly are as a human and be totally honest about yourself, it is very important that you say no to this garbage from the garbage can. Before you do this, or if you do not do this, you will still have a feeling of inadequacy. You will still have a feeling inside of not being totally connected with who you are as a human. So our disconnect as humans hinders us into feeling of love and joy and kindness to ourselves and to each other. So in order for us to go deep inside who we truly are as humans, we need to be, as I said earlier, honest to ourselves. So how do we become honest uh, in this world of dishonesty? Also, what I mean by that is, 
what we feed ourselves with, the news, the dead screen, the dead phone, the dead object that we have made our dearest friend, is the deceiving us. Because we are we have we have called uh, we have called the social media the social media. It is not social. It is far from social as you as you can uh, get. But people do not realize that when over three billion people is on Facebook, when over three billion people is uh, on YouTube, when over three billion people every day visit Pornhub, when over three billion people are emerged in the dead screen, it has an effect on them. And I do not, of course, there's some investigation or surveys out there that have investigated what it means when people get asocial by being on social media, of course. And also the way we disconnect from humanity. We see a lot of violence, a lot of bad things on in the internet. And of course, we can get angry, we can get sad, we can get emotionally stirred up about what images that are, they are showing us, but we can really not do anything about it other than voice our opinion. But we cannot really change the, that circumstance, of course. Because we humans, we tend to be very comfortable by just sitting on our backsides and thinking that we can solve the world's problems from our screen, from at home, and we really cannot do that. So that the people in power have basically fooled humans into believing them, into following them. So we human beings are, when we meditate on it, really free human beings. We do not really notice this when we go at our everyday life because society has put uh, some hindrances on our freedom. Yes, it's true that we have a law of the land that we have to obey in order for society to work at a more optimal level. That is true. But our freedom of mind or our freedom of speech is under extreme pressure. You can see it when you see the mainstream media do not talk about what is happening in Australia or what's happening in the United States of America or any other part of the planet where police officers and the military are used against the uh, civil population. And of course, it's also going to happen here in Denmark, where they also have made some of these camps in the military's facilities for us who are not vaccinated. So you see that uh, behind the screen, behind the curtain, behind the mainstream media, lies the real truth about what really is happening in the world. And I am afraid to say that it is very bad what is happening in the world, because we do not really as humans tend to think of the past as something that could repeat itself in the future. But it can, and it will, if we do not, or if we do not allow it to be, to be like this or if we allow it to be like this, I should say. But if we do not allow it, and of course it should be every human being on the planet who says no to this, and of course it also has to be the military and the police that says no to this, because otherwise we are simply just going under a communist dictatorship, you could call it. It is a new world order, a new reset, so to speak, where the elite is going to rule us ruthlessly to our own dismay. 
So we are basically heading in the wrong directions as humans. And I'm not going to say that, well, Jehovah's God, Jehovah's God is not going to look at this and see human beings as having evil thoughts all day long. So how come we cannot really snap out of this? How come we are so addicted to the screen that has made so much misery on this planet? Because they have basically taken over our mind. They have decided what you can see on the screen, what you can discuss with your friends, basically the topics of the day. It could be climate change. It could be uh, equal rights to men and women. We have to be equal uh, <laughs> as as uh, as humans. And of course, also with climate change, but also uh, with race theory. These topics also, of course, I should also mention, uh, what do you call it, the Me Too movement. These are topics that have been put forward. It has basically been, you could say that Silicon Valley has put them on the top of the list of every human being's smartphone, every human being's news outlet, together with also the virus, of course. You cannot really open anything except you get a little notification or a little reminder of this disease. So you see that they are basically bombarding you with the things that they want you to be aware of, want you to occupy your mind with. And I'm afraid to say it's not going to make you happy inside. It's not going to make you enjoy life even more. And life should be enjoyable. Life should be pleasant. Life should be filled with a planet, filled with human beings that love and care for each other, that truly want to be there for each other. But the problem, of course, is that if you occupy your mind with garbage from the garbage can, you are going to become part of the personality that they want you to be part of. So that the spirit of the world is slowly but surely seeping into you and removing your humanity. So let me just uh, take a small break and I come back again. Yes, and I'm back again. And let's just uh, talk about something completely different now because we also have to have something uplifting to listen to, to occupy our mind with. So let me just start with this one right here. And I start reading out loud from the complete dream book of love and relationships. This is uh, called your, your Romantic Personality Style. Some people have found love by working from the inside out. They seem to understand what excites them, restores their spirit and renews their energy. They know what they admire, respect and need in a partner. These fortunate folks are not only clear thinkers, they are clear feelers too, in the emotional sense. They don't fool themselves or feel conflicted about choices in relationships. Others who know themselves less well tend to get into relationships loops where they attract and move through very similar romantic patterns without even recognizing it. If you can begin a relationship from a place of self-awareness and clarity, you may find that choices will come easier to you. The first step is to identify your romantic style. What is your romantic style? In helping people decipher their relationship dreams, I have observed that women often approach romantic relationships in a particular style, one that stems from their personality and emotional needs. Relationships tend to run aground when core needs are not met or when priorities are not shared or at least respected. Often women do not discuss these core needs and personal styles with their partners because the women themselves are not aware of their 
priorities until something interferes with them or until they feel alive in a relationship. There's nothing rigidly scientific about the four relationship styles I will describe in the next few pages. They are based on clusters of personality traits that present themselves in dreams, in behaviors and in the factors that enliven or extinguish our ability to relate. The difference in these romantic styles can sometimes explain why one person's delight is another person's poison. Our priorities do not change uh, somewhat as we move through life, and many people feel that they are a blend of these styles. As you read the descriptions that follows, you may recognize your own romantic style, as well as find your piece of the puzzle that helps you understand what you need and why some objectively good partners were ultimately intolerable. Style number one, the sparkler. The sparkler's personality type is happiest with people around and in generally a gifted communicator. Sparklers can read people instantly and can move around a party or meeting like a hummingbird, exchanging with others on a fairly intimate level very quickly. Invigious strangers might believe sparklers are superficial, but in fact sparklers have the gift of creating instant report, fast intimacy and rapid growing relationships. Often this personality type is very attractive or has a quality of beauty, style or charisma that is almost magnetic. Sparklers enjoy fashion, decor and beautiful surroundings, and they are often cultured and well-traveled. Sparklers love variety, movement and nice things, but not of narcissism. Rather, the sparkler loves everything in life that is intriguing, beautiful, enriching or exotic. Whether it is a, a gourmet recipe, a meditation process or an art exhibit, the sparkler wants to experience it. Sparklers can drink in beauty and variety and be completely renewed by them. A sparkler is an excellent conversationalist, a lively companion and can find the fun in almost any situation. Sparklers are warm friends and can be extremely caring and loyal dipping into their familiar stores of energy to help others. A sparkler has a lot of charm, is typically high energy, and may be very attractive or exude sexual vibes that shout hot stuff. Conversations and variety actually gives her energy and soothe her. After a stressful work week, going to a party and making new and interesting friends will restore the sparkler. Sparklers' challenges in relationships are distinguishing among their many would-be partners and knowing themselves well enough to communicate their core needs clearly to those they attract. Because sparklers drive energy from new acquaintances and shine brightly in the admiration of others, they can easily mistake the high of, admir- the high of admir- admiration, admi- admiration and novelty for the joy of blossoming love. A sparkler's relationship loops. A sparkler is a beautiful and charming person who easily captivates men and who enjoys the chase, the seduction and the excitement of new relationships. Men seem to be easily smitten by her, understandably, and her typical relationship goes like this. There is rapid seduction, hot chemistry and quick uh, commitment to exclusivity with discussion of marriage or permanent partnership entering the conversation early on. She feels excited celebration showing off the new conquest for family review. There are lots of this this is it statements and behaviors on both sides. (coughs) They review logistics such as where to live and how it all will work while still in the early days of the relationship. She begins on ongoing recreation of the man's good qualities and special features to herself, to her friends and to her therapist. They settle into some kind of routine with extended visits at each person's home. They begin to have a realizations of their differences. He wants quiet and she wants people and parties. He wants all her attack attention 
while she needs variety, freedom and lots of new experiences. He cracks down, insisting that if she loves him, she will shine only for him. She thinks this sounds reasonable and tries. She grows thin, pale and cracky. <coughs> she then experiences the rapid onset of stress symptoms, tension, headaches, indignation, cramps, allergy, flaws up, asthma symptoms, aches, fatigue and intimate depression. She enters a period of fogginess, confusion, increased health flare-ups, anxiety dreams. She does not feel like herself. She loses interest in sex, which was their best subject together. He is hurt and bewildered. They fight. She picks fights with him, aggressively finding faults and making it difficult for him to hang on. At this point, she is trying to nudge the relationship to an end-point crisis and may or may not be consciously aware of it. They break up. She is very gracious about the whole thing and hopes that someday she will meet someone who is right. She resumes her normal activities and soon regains her normal sunny disposition and zest for life. This is on relatively classic relationship loose for the sparkler. If you are not a sparkler, it is easy to assume these folks are shallow, narcissistic or addicted to the spotlight. Although some beautiful people appear not to have developed in some way, the sparkling personality is simply one that shines brightly and has instinct for report. <coughs> these people are restored by social interactions and by variety and stimulation. They literally feel sick and drained if they cannot have sufficient interaction. It is easy to assume that sparklers are dabblers because they sample so many different things. However, they are more than capable of sticking with some things as long as they are free to investigate lots of new things on a regular basis. They make excellent journalists, event planners, publicists, talk show hosts, teachers, facilitators and sales representatives. I met sparklers often in my work in the psychological field as they love to take new classes and are serious about their personal and spiritual growth. A sparkler's dreams. Sparklers attract and are drawn to other quite easily. To, sorry, are drawn to others quite easily, so they often dream of attraction phases of a relationship. They dream of getting new cars, picking out delightful puppies, and moving into an ideal home when they are trying to evaluate a new romantic interest. They typic, typically, these dreams reflect details of the good features of the new potential candidate, symbolizes as the car, pet, or home, because this personality type has few inhibitions to romance and intimacy, there are often few negative apartments, so, sorry, negative appearance in their early dreams when the relationship has not yet begun. After a first date or a contact sufficient for the deeper mind to start making connections, a sparkler's dreams may change stringently if there are qualities present in the other person that merit rapid attraction or ad rapid attention and consideration. At this point the sparkler may have flashback dreams of being in a past relationship that was hurtful or confining. She may dream of trying to have sex with the other person but something unpleasant or unexpected ruins the moment. These dreams hint that there is some factor beneath the surface, either in the other person or in their chemistry as a couple, that makes the potential for intimacy more complex. Lynn dreamed of a first kiss with a new man in which he put his tongue in her mouth, and she discovered it was forked like a snake's. She did not find this sexual or sensual at all, but alarming and weird. In Waking life, she associated the term forked tongue with lying. 
She discovered, though, a mutual acquaintances, that indeed he had not been truthful with her about some things in his background. For her, this disqualified him. She felt that if he would lie about small things, he might also be untruthful about larger, more important matters. Jasmine dreamed of getting into a shiny speedboat with her new guy and sipping out into the sea. Away from shore, however, the engine broke down and they drifted in waters that they that were suddenly filled with shark fins. This ominous scene frightened her, and to some extent it did foreshadow the course of their brief romance. After a speedy launch into their relationship, they didn't know how to be together, and their ability to communicate broke down the drifting They also fought a great deal because he had a style of verbal attack that he thought nothing of, but that made her feel put down and devaluated, being surrounded on all sides by shark that might attack whenever she moved. Sparkler's personalities tend to have a lot of uh, cautionary dreams because they are so turned on by new friendships, new possibilities and new tingles of romance that they focus on the possibilities and make rapid-fire connections. The dreaming mind tends to point out the pitfalls of attractive strangers and fast-burning passion that can be mistaken for fulfilling partnerships. When a sparkler does find a fulfilling partner, she may dream of returning to her hometown and finding absolute peace there for the first time. One woman met a man she felt content with and dreamed of being in love with her brother. This sounded disturbing, but the tone of the dream was happy, simple and positive. It had nothing to do with incest, and she was not secretly attracted to her own brother. Instead, the dream highlighted qualities that her new friend had in common with her brother, who loved her unselfishly, and with whom she had always felt that she could be herself. It was her deeper mind's way of suggesting that she had found a partner whose traits she already knew, loved and trusted. She was with someone for her own tribe, so to speak, and the connection would be a deep one. Unlike her other relationships, this one lasted and flourished. A sparkler's intuition Sparklers have strong intuitive signals and do well to pay attention to them. The intuitive signals come typically in two forms, mental flashes and physical sensations or symptoms. They get flashes of understanding and images in their mind's eye as if from nowhere. Inside their thoughts, there's an interpretation and a flash of a scene or awareness, like a clip from a movie. They may also have a strong gut feeling occasionally, but it is more typical for them to experience a sense of knowing in the mind. The brilliant sanity may guide them to make snap decisions, which to the casual observer may appear to be independent of known facts or objective data. They simply make a decision and watch themselves execute change. When asked, they may not even be able to tell you how they knew to take a certain course of action. They just did. Typically, they have a terrific track record with real-world decision in business and with property, money and possessions. When they are in a prolonged situation that's not right for them, sparklers experience a dramatic drop in their personal energy. Usually, they are the life of the party with boundless energy, but when they are going against their nature, they will feel chronically drained and muddled and a state completely unlike their normal disposition. This is when you will hear them say they don't feel like themselves. When they get seriously off course, a variety of nasty and seemingly unrelated health problems can plague sparklers. These can include indignations with no known cause, mental complications that doctors cannot solve, mysterious muscle aches and spasms and sensitivity to food or substances that do not register as allergies when tested. 
When this occurs, it is vital that sparklers tune into themselves again and get back in touch with their own needs. At the same time, they seek medical attention and psychological-emotional support as needed. Sparklers need to consider whether their sense of energy drain is associated with the life choice they have been making. This is not to say that their health challenges are not real. They are, but they may concede with a decision or relationship that pulls them away from their natural spirit or removes them from sources of energetic renewal. A dismissed sense of satisfaction and vitality are associated with the flare-ups of symptoms. When a sparkler gets back on track with her joyous life, her health tends to improve rapidly and dramatically. Suggestion for sparklers. Pay attention to your dreams, your physical sensation and your health when you begin a new relationship. You have a straightforward system that will start to feel off quickly if you are taking a wrong turn and will bubble with joy when you are going in the right direction. If you start to feel short of breath, drained or edgy, pay attention. These are early somatic signals that you are being squeezed of your vitality and separated from your energetic renewal. Make it a habit to be unfailingly honest with yourself and to look unfringingly at any intuitive signals that might appear. If you begin to have a recurring dream, write it down and talk to friends about it and read chapter 9 on relationship dreams and symbols to get started making sense of your dreams. Your dreaming mind is your best watchdog and will give you important leads time to head off trouble. Take your time with romance and let things blossom as difficult as this is for you to do. Allow your partner time to see how busy you like to be and how fulfilling your social calendar is to you. Be candid about your needs with yourself and others. You don't just like activity and people. You need them to be happy and healthy. Look for love in, in friendships. Sorry, look for love in friendships. Instead of falling for spontaneous combustion, which is one of your specialities, look for a friend with a warm, unwavering, unwavering heart. Your best bet is someone who understands your nature, loves who you are and what you are, and knows that there is plenty of sunshine to go around. When you fantasize about love, don't focus on the movie stars you like, the types of hair that turns you on, or how great it would be to have a vacation home abroad. There's nothing wrong with any of these things, but you don't want to fix them in your unconscious mind. Our fantasies actually become relationship triggers that have a powerful unconscious pull on our feelings. You can find yourself falling for a guy's profile, or his wardrobe because your fantasies or fantasies have created an emotional imprint and this can give you a strong sense of recognition and desire towards someone who has the element of your fantasy. Instead, fantasize about your own good feelings of being appreciated and accepted, of having someone who praises you and cheers for you. You don't have to worry that a fulfilling partnership might not be hot. All your relationships are hot. Remember, what you fantasize about, you will be attracted to. Don't indulge in fantasies about yucky situations or the fetishy, psychotic romance depicted in movies. Fantasize about what will make you happy, and you will be feeding those coordinates into your intuitive GPS system. Now we come to style number two. The nature spirit. The nature spirit feels close to animals and to nature. She also has a gift of glimpsing and accepting the deeper nature of the people around her. For this reason, although she may be relatively quiet or even introverted, she tends to be popular and well-loved. This personality type is extremely observant of the minor telling details of others, and because she tends not to be judgmental of others, she is often the 
recipient of confidence and confessions. People tend to lean into her and say, I don't know why I'm telling you this, but... and then relate quickly personal details and worries. Because others feel extraordinarily comfortable with her, she may attract partners who need a therapist or who long for healing in some way. Although the natural or although the nature spirit easily appreciates the golden qualities in those around her, she tends to be a little vague about what makes her special. She needs time alone and in nature with pets and wildlife to feel balanced and restored. The more complex and tense are her responsibilities, the more she needs rest, naps, outside settings and peace. She may attract partners who need healing or who are dominant and worldly, who find her tranquility, acceptance, irresistible soothing. A nature-spirit relationship loops. Jan, a nature-spirit woman I know, says that relationships happen to her while she is not paying much attention. She thinks relationships are wonderful but feels quickly, quite quickly happy on her own. Sorry, feels equally happy on her own. That's partly because while she likes the idea of a relationship, she often finds the reality more difficult and even problematic. A typical relationship loops for the nature spirit looks like this. She befriends someone and they grow close with promises chemistry. She showers the other person with acceptance and affection, spotting and celebrating his good qualities until that person's heart flies open and, loves in born, and love is born. With her earthy and innocent sensuality, a warm romantic blossoms. She's not thinking of commitment. In the face of heartfelt intimacy, sweet sex and true acceptance, the other person declares a full-blown relationship and one-of-a-kind true love. She is surprised that this has happened to her yet again. She is forever being claimed as if by an astronaut putting a flag on the moon. She is not clear whether she wants to make a commitment, but it seems to be happening to her. She has a tendency to go with the flow in social situations, which confuses her, so she tries to anticipate what is expected. She glides into being part of a couple without really being clear on how she feels about it or whether it is what she wanted for her future. She enjoys the celebration, the congratulations and the attention that God that go with a new and promising relationship while she fights down a sense of panic and uncertainty. She strains to be a good partner and struggles to steal time alone for rest and contemplation. Because she is unconsciously withdrawing for time alone and for restoration, her partner becomes insecure and demands more of her time and attention. She begins to dream of escaping from prison, concentration camps and castles. She fantasizes about some disaster or some fluke freeing her from the relationship. She repeatedly tells herself that the relationship is perfectly nice and that she is very lucky to have it. If there are problems, she will leave the relationship or foster it, its disintegration. If the partner is admirable and the affection is genuine, she may stay for quite a while but feel that she has lost her quiet, her sanctuary, and her time with nature, which is her spiritual toothstone or toughstone. Touchstone. The spiritual spirit, sorry, the nature spirit is almost infinitely intuitive and grasps the truth about situations and people with astonishing accuracy. She does not have a good feel for social conversations, however, and has often the sense of being an orphan or a gentleman left on a doorstep. The nature spirit is very good at feeling a sense of oneness with the divine, with nature and humanity, but she worries about which fork to use at the banquet. She needs time alone, the way the, the rest of us need oxygen and she often gives up trying to explain this need to others. They seem 
incapable of understanding how central this is to her well-being and sanity. In partner relationship, she is very giving and accepting, but after spending time together, she also requires time alone to get back to her center. Like a creature in the woods, the nature spirit can be extremely innocent and flee if she feels cornered. She can also be very uh, trusting, and then, and when she accepts someone with simply affection, they feel honored and uplifted. The nature spirit's dreams. Although researchers suggest that women dreams of indoor settings more often than men do, the nature spirit woman is an exception. She often dreams about driving in her car, exploring the woods or seashore, or of being befriended by a wild animal who walks with her or protects her. When she begins a romance, the nature spirit will have a, a coping dream about her partner. They will explore each other and the universe in numerous detailed dreams. She may have telepathic experiences involving a partner in which she sees or senses what that person is going through. In early life, she may interpret these experiences as signs of having found her mate. In later years, she will have learned that a sense of seeing into someone else's experience is not unusual for her and is part of her overall lot in life. Because of her goodwill towards almost everyone, she may be too accepting of serious drawbacks in partners, thinking they are merely eccentric. If this happens, she may begin to dream of being abducted by a dark force or an evil person or even a monster. In these dreams, she may develop a relationship with her captor so that she feels pity for him, even while she fears for her safety and longs for her freedom. When a recurring cycle of these abduction dreams occurs, it is time for her to pay attention to the exaggeration illustration that something is very wrong. Her dreaming mind is saying, you have been swept away, you have lost track, and this is not wholesome for you. When she breaks off the relationship, she will be astonished to find that her friends had long ago labeled her partner as a loser. When the nature spirit is falling in love, she will also fall in love spiritually. Of all the romantic types, the nature spirit is most likely to have an active spiritual or metaphysical interest. She may not be religious, but she feels that everything has a spirit, soul or essence. When she loves someone, she loves his soul and may see qualities in a partner that have never been acknowledged before. Because she tends to be gentle and may be a good listener, some people assume she is weak or unsavory. Although she is not competitive or aggressive, she can be extremely powerful like a lioness when out outraged. When angered or frustrated in a relationship, she may have dreams reminding her of her own power. These dreams show her riding an elephant through the jungle, walking beside a lioness down a path, or taking the control of a runaway vehicle. If this woman feels trapped in a relationship, she will have recurring dreams of moving out of town, getting her own apartment, or even climbing out a window. These may alternate with fairly enjoyable dreams about her partner, if the relationship is a good one. And the mix of the two themes can be confusing. What is happening is that her deeper mind is exploring what works and what does not work in her in the relationship. She needs to be free, not to explore other partners, but to explore her interest and to return to solitude and nature on a regular basis. If she can negotiate regular time off from the relationship, she can stay in and enjoy the relationship or the partnership. The nature spirit's intuition. When she is in balance and happy, the nature spirit glides through life in a series of synchronistic and magical moments, uh, moments that she notices and cherishes. She prefers to have pets in her home, if all possible, and the presence of animals relaxes and comforts her. She may be an avid gardener, 
enjoy houseplants or live in a setting that backs up to a natural area. When she is around people, machinery, technology or concrete uh, for too long, she begins to feel light-headed, muddled, drained or annoyed. Though nothing is necessarily wrong, she begins to feel that everything is out of whack. This is usually her first intuitive signal that she needs to have time alone to sleep, dream and read. If she cannot get away, she may feel slightly panicky and depressed, even become a little weepy for little or no reasons. Some nature spirit women who are benevolent humanitarians report feeling flashes of hatred towards others, drivers on the road or people in crowds when they are far off balance and away from nature. This is an intuitive signal that they have been too long removed from their own core and need to negotiate time and room for themselves. The nature spirit is highly intuitive and may even be what some would call psychic. She may have telepathic dreams of others seeing that what they are going through or what is going to happen. The nature spirit is pretty clear on what others need, but is less clear and less outspoken on her own behalf. Her intuition fires on all signals and will become highly sophisticated if she meditates or keeps a diary of her experiences. When she is in a relationship, she will get immediate signals about the sustainability of her partner. She should pay attention to pain in her body, twitches of tension, a feeling that she cannot or should not express herself, or that her core needs are somehow flawed or wrong. Because the nature spirit may feel a lifelong sense of being out of place in the world, she may approach relationships believing that she needs to apologize for her quirks. Because she survives in the complex labyrinth of social conversation by sensing what is expected of her, she may get pretty far into a relationship by guessing right what is desired of her and providing it, without being clear that she is creating an incomplete impression of herself. Although many nature spirits are pagans of healthy living, many also suffer from mild degrees of intermittent anxiety, depression or obsessive-compulsive traits. When in balance, they are free from the, these qualities, or at least they remain only a memory. When they are stressed, trapped or out of balance, the problem will flare up. The presentation of anxiety symptoms, depression or obsessive-compulsive patterns is a strong intuitive signal that they are too far away from their center, should make time for restoration and should negotiate hard with loved ones for the factors that will restore their lumious spirit. Suggestions for nature spirits. Accept that your sympathetic, mystical style will attract not only people who want to sleep with you, but also people who unexpectedly want to marry you or have a long-term commitment. Learn to respect your preferences. Make them known without ransom or and negotiate for what you need. Find ways that the feelings of not fitting in the world can dovetail with your occupation or your service to the world. This will change the way you feel about being an outsider and make you less vulnerable to other people's ripsies. Except that other people will probably not fully comprehend what life is like for you or why exactly you need so much time alone in or in nature. They do not need to understand. They merely need to agree that you can have it without conflict or feeling hurt by it. Practice saying what is to you, obviously. It is not obvious to others, and they may be very frightened by your withdrawal or your quietness. Understand that high-powered types which you attract needs to be guided often, without anger, in learning how to treat you and how to love you. They need to be told a numerous of times what to do, and each time they will be surprised by what you have already told them before. 
Be prepared to keep telling them as often as necessary while reminding them you told them already. Practice not feeling like a victim. You must be accustomed to negotiating, to giving and then taking, so that you don't feel someone stole your life and you can never get it back again. Give people some warning ahead of time that you are going away to hold up somewhere or are taking a class that interests you. Don't assume that because you have to explain yourself to provide your schedule and to teach others how to treat you means that they don't love you. Even though you grasp an enormous amount of information about those you love, other personality types do not. Pay attention to your bodily signals of well-being and your stress signals of anxiety, depression or compulsivity as early as possible. When they flare up, go out of your way to rest and get time alone. If you are having trouble making a decision or taking action, make it your focus to get rest and get back in balance. Then you will see more clearly what you need to do. Style number three, the warrior princess. Let's just see how long time we have left. Yes, of course, and we have to. We have to stop the podcast here, or at least in a ten minutes. So. So this was part of some of the personality styles that we might encounter in life, or that we might have in ourselves. So, were there a bell that rang for you? Were there a bell that rang for me? Most certainly that we always have at least some part of these uh, personality traits in ourselves. And of course it's up to us to work on them to our own benefits. So that we do not basically get so so far away from ourselves, our core being, that we actually can feel like we are missing out on life, that we are basically disconnected from life. So how do we reconnect with life? How do we reconnect with our true core inner being? Well, of course, it also was said here that meditation was a big thing that could help a lot of people get in contact with who they truly are as humans. Because when we meditate, when we get out of the bubble of simply just uh, being part of our best friend, our television set or our phone, we get in contact with ourselves. We basically are not allowing outside signals to get in. And then we can slowly but surely get in contact with who we are as humans. And who we are as humans deep inside is love and kindness. We all tend to feel love and kindness towards ourselves, but we need to have this as our main goal. Otherwise, we are going to forget about it and focus on something else. The personality types here, well, the first type was a way very outgoing. She needed constant attention. She needed to have people to validate her all the time. And the other personality type was actually the complete opposite. She was very introvert and needed time alone. So, so maybe we are not... 100% one of these persons, but maybe we have part of them. And maybe we can recognize it and try as good as we can, of course, not to go against our nature, but also recognize when, when some of our personality traits may hinder us in fulfilling our dreams to becoming part of human nature which is love and kindness. So asking ourselves questions like, what hinders us into becoming or having contact with our true inner core? 
and doing something about it. As the picture, as I've been showing you, it's a picture of the forest that I was in. It made me clear my mind. It made me basically not worry too much about life. It made me actually happy and fulfilled. And I felt at ease just by walking for a couple of hours in the woods. It made me feel comfortable. It made me basically get in touch with my true inner core. And I actually believe that any of these personality types would have benefited just simply being alone in the woods for a couple of hours, just relaxing, just soaking in nature, so to speak. And of course, it's very important that we shut our phone off as we do this so that no outside can hinder us into getting in contact with ourselves and our true inner core. So I hope this podcast was helpful for you. I hope that there was at least something that you could use in your own life. And of course, I know the first 10 minutes of this podcast was not so pleasant, but I am not going to sugarcoat anything for you. I'm going to tell you what I believe to be the truth and the whole truth and nothing but the truth so that you can realize that getting in contact with yourself, uh, meditating on loving kindness, and of course also praying to Jehovah God, the Almighty One, in the name of Jesus Christ, can also help you even more in bettering your life, in feeling more fulfilled. Feeling more fulfilled. And of course, when we get in contact with the greatest force of the universe, the creator of the universe, then we can start showing love and kindness to ourselves and to others, because then we are in contact with the source of love and kindness. So be aware of the power that lies in praying to Jehovah God, the Almighty One. And I've been explaining many times when I say that I know that Jehovah God exists, I say it like this, that we, all seven billion or more of us humans on planet Earth, we all come from the same place. We come from an egg and a sperm cell, which comes from an egg and a sperm cell, which comes from an egg and a sperm cell, and so forth and so on. That means that we come from something that you could place in the head of a top of a needle, but you could also place that in the head of a top of a needle. That's our father and mother. But you could also place that in the head of a top of a needle. That's our grandfather and grandmother. And so forth and so on. That means that I believe it's pretty intelligent made. Therefore, there have to be an intelligent creator behind it all. And I believe his name is Jehovah God. And when you close your eyes and you pray to him, you close your prayer with in the name of Jesus Christ, so you recognize the greatest sacrifice of them all. And perhaps you even try to understand what the merciful Samaritan was all about. And you try to implement that in your own life. So that you are simply not just only thinking about yourself, but also thinking about the well-being of other human beings around the world. So then I will guarantee you that happiness is going to enter your life. You're going to have a much more enjoyable life when you sort out any of the garbage from the garbage can, when you say no to it, and when you are very much aware of what you put through your eyes and ears, it should be something good and wholesome. You should listen to positive podcasts. You should read books that have something to do with the positivities of life and how to stay positive. Because that is the way you can show love and kindness to not only yourself, but also to others. 
So find ways in your own life to show loving kindness. That is my recommendations of the day. So this is Kenneth Anderson signing off. It is the 29th of September 2021. The time is 21.28. And it is, I believe, yes, it was Wednesday. Bye.